1: Who you are as a believer in Jesus Christ. Up next on Times of Refreshing, join us. And again, greetings in Christ. Welcome. This is Times of Refreshing, the ministry of the well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. Today, we're back into 1 Peter chapter 2. If you were with us yesterday, you'll remember we began a message called Cracking the Identity Code, understanding who you are in Christ. And as we saw yesterday, a lot of that is based on knowing we've been chosen by God. Join us again, 1 Peter chapter 2. From the well, a Christian community in Livermore, California, our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman, with today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing.
2: Some people can't, they can't get beyond where God found them and get into where God has taken them. Amen. get stuck. Let them let him work on you. He working on everybody. Let them work on you. But don't stay stuck where you're messed up. Guys, all this has to do with not understanding who we are. we got to break free from this. He says a, a, he says a royal priesthood. He says a holy nation. Somebody say holy nation. Holiness. He says you're a holy nation. And this goes back to separation. Once again, he uses this twice because it's so important for us. The world is full of things that come to defile us, to soil us, and to stain us. But there has to be something in our hearts and minds that realize, wait a minute, I have been set apart and I am a holy nation. Guys, if you and I want to see men change, we got to change. Because people will change when they see hope in your life. When they see hope in you. When they see that you're not doing, they see that you're really consecrated and set apart for God. And it causes them to say, man, I want that. How, how can I get that? What can I do? To What do you mean? You, what do you mean I can, I can do right? What do you mean that I can live a holy life before? Yes, God wants to empower you to do that because he chose you. He called you to it. You're a holy nation. This is who you are. But guys, instead of just embracing the fullness of who God has called them to be, it's a shame, guys. Will cave in to the pressures of the world, and I'm not just saying this for for people that are in the pews. I'm saying this for even people in the pulpit. It's a crying shame now that guys won't say no. This is God said we're a holy nation. We have been set apart for His purpose, but we 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 compromise to get more people in the seats and to be more appealing to people. And to make it more comfortable. Well, you don't want to run men away. Well, if the man don't want to come here and see God, then don't come. I'm coming, I'm getting mine. And I'm gonna change. And I'm gonna let God continue to forge in me. Why? Because listen, guys, we gotta start teaching guys and teaching each other. The people in the church are not the ones missing out. You're missing out. There's a brother that connected with me on LinkedIn, he, he comes to this church. He comes in and out. I was looking at his page, and on his page, he had something about, you know, he just lost his job. He had something on there about, you know, him being a bum. I, I got on there. I said, I said, you're not a bum. I said, you're not a bum. I said, you're not a bum, and God didn't call you to be a bum. The problem is, is you keep running from God. And you won't yield to God's will. And because you won't yield to God's will, this is why you keep having pro- problems. Thanks a lot, brother. Blessings on you. He sends me a message back. You right. I need to meet with you. I send him a message back. Let's meet. We're going to meet this Sunday at church. We're going to talk. Because you're not a bum. That's the devil telling you that. Can I have an amen, fellas? That's the devil telling you that. And that's because you think that it's, it's guys, don't measure your success in God by the stuff you have. People are going to lose their jobs. You get up, go get another job and watch God keep on blessing you. But you're not a loser just because you lost. Sometimes God is shutting the door so he can get you going in the place that you need to go. Can I have an amen, y'all? And that's how we have to do. But if we don't know who we are, we start telling ourselves stuff like that. I'm a bum. No, you're not. Stop telling yourself, men, something about your life that's not true. Don't speak that over your life or your kids. Can I have an amen? He says, holy nation, look at verse 9. His own special or peculiar people. This is who you are. I want to remind you of this and keep reminding you. He says you're his own special. I love this. Here is his own peculiar people. You are. I am. This is how God sees us. That he sees us as special. Man, I'm special. God has separated me, set me apart. I found my identity in him. I've cracked the identity code. And he said that I'm special and I belong to him. He says his own special people. Now watch this. He said that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That you proclaim the praises of him. This is one of the things that I see. I see it in churches. I see it all the time with men. One of the things that we got to get men to do, and we're going to do this at the end of the service. Is we don't learn. We don't know. Man, we got to learn how to praise we proclaim the praises of Him because He called us out of darkness into His marvelous light. Men, men, sometimes, you know, praise is different than worship. Praise is different than worship in that when you worship, it's because God's given you a revelation of His purpose. And He's, and I want to just say this He's touching you so it doesn't cost you as much but praise is different praise costs you you have to exert yourself you have to lift your hands you have to open your mouth you have to give of yourself that's why he says that's why God tells us praise always precedes worship because praise opens the door it gets you and postures you right so that you can receive from God and enter into this realm of worship But for men, it's tough because men, sometimes, because we can be emotionless and too cool, we don't know that this is how you break. But see, David, he captured this. David was a praiser. And he was a man of god 's own heart, and he was willing to give of himself to God to the point that he danced before the Lord so much that his clothes started falling off. You know why a lot of men don't praise also because they 're not free they 're not free they're bound up it's hard, to, it's hard to exert yourself when you're tied up when we 're when when bound up like solemn like like uh, Samson. And our strength is gone. And 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 it is hard to and when we get captured and the enemy has us bound up. It's hard to be free just to give of ourselves when we're bound up. Because we let go of our consecration and we let Delilah whisper in our ears. And now the enemy has come and plucked out our vision. And we sit in there blind and we're in church and we love the Lord, but, but, but we don't have the power and, and we can't move because you know, I'm blinded because I've been looking at pornography all week. The enemy done poked out my eyes and I, I, and now I come to church and I can't even lift my hands because I forgot who I was and I let the enemy rob me of my consecration can I preach this tonight, fellas? I let him rob me of my consecration and my separation, and I forgot who I was. And now the enemy has robbed me, and I come in, and I can't exert my power to praise him anymore and to move. I'm stuck. I'm stuck in this stuff, and I, you know, and, you know, that, that she's starting to get to me on my job, pastor. We went to lunch a couple times. I didn't do anything. Somebody get me a tissue, please. I didn't, I didn't do anything. Where's it at? I, I didn't do anything. But you know, I, was, I, did, I did double back to her, to her cubicle, though. I double back. I double back. I did. I double back, man. And so, I, I, so it was hard for me to lift my hands and, and give God the glory. And I, it's hard. I can't even see anymore. I don't know what I'm doing in my life. I I don't have any vision anymore. I don't know where I'm going. And this is what happens, men of God. This is what happens. We start losing. And and, 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 then instead of us proclaiming the praises of him, our hands are tied. And we're at church and we're in the service and we can't even lift our hands. Why? Because the devil, he's robbed us of our power because we've given up our consecration. And we don't know that praise. It cost me. That's why he says, offer the sacrifice of what praise. It costs me. I got to move. I got to open my mouth. I got to give him glory. It's easy to just sit there. Lord, I thank you. You know, it's you. Praise you, Lord. You know, glory to God. You know, why are they, why are they making so much noise? You know, everybody likes when God touches you, but are you going to touch him? But it's hard to touch him when you're bound up. When the devil poked your eyes out and the devil is taking our hands and, and chained them up. And then, when he, and then we don't have any power and he's cut off our hair and, and our, our strength is gone. What we got to do is learn that this happens because we fail to understand who we are. In our job, in the church, and in life, we should be the chief praisers, not your wife or the ladies in the church. We should be the chief praisers. The priesthood was men. They came in praising God, dancing and shouting and going forth. We should be leading the charge. But what happens is, men, we don't stop and say, you know what, man, I'm going to be the head intercessor in my house. You know what, honey? You're not going to have to tell me, let's go to church. You you know what? I may be single, but I'm consecrated. And no, girl, you can't come over to my house not by yourself because we're going to keep it holy. You know what? I'm going to give God the glory in everything I do because that's what I'm called to. I've been chosen. This is what he called me to do, to proclaim the praise. When when we start worshiping the church, you're going to see my hands raised. You're going to see me glorifying God. My wife isn't going to be leading the charge spiritually in my house. I'm leading the charge. If it's time to pray, I'm going to lead the charge. If it's time to bind the devil, I'm going to be the one. We're going to talk about, girl, honey, I need you to pray. Bind the devil for me. The devil's a liar. You bind the devil. Can we talk tonight? I like this intimate setting. Here. Hey, no, no, no. That's me. That's I'm supposed to. I'm the strong man in my house. I'm the strong man. If you want my house, you got to go through me. You got to go through me. No devil. If you want my house, you got to go through me. And what happens is we shift the culture when we start doing this and and we continue just to reveal who we are. But we proclaim the praise of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous life, who once were not a people, he says, but are now the people of God. Now watch this. Who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. And at the end of the day is when we look back, we say, God, you chose me and you did it because of your love for me. You did it because you're a merciful God. You saw my plight and you didn't give me what I deserved. You extended mercy towards me so how can I camp out around just where you found me when now you're bringing me into the house you're not just leaving me at the doorstep you're bringing me into the house and you're telling me this is who I am well I want to embrace who I am not who the world says I am not who my employer says I am not who these ladies say I am not who my friends say I am I am who you say I am and I'm not confused concerning my identity because at the end of the day I'm chosen And I'm separated for God's purpose. Men, if we can get all this down in our spirit. And it becomes ingrained in our heart. And we start to live like this. It not only has an impact on you, but it has an impact on men that are saying, how can I come out of my bondage? And they look at your life and say, and they see hope. This is how I'm going to come out. I saw him come out. I'm coming out. I see him get right with God. I'm getting ready to get right with God. He's telling me that he's a child of God. I want to be a child of God. He's saying that he's a royal priesthood and he's carrying himself like he's different. That's what I want in my life. Well, guys, that's the only way we're going to see people change is when they see our lives. When they see it revealed. Man, I wanted to share this simple message with you because right now, like I said in the very beginning... The world is having an identity crisis. Men are having an identity crisis. We have a man that was a decathlete. Get on national TV and say, I'm a woman now. You can't just make up one day that you're going to be a woman one day. That biology. But. But but this is what happened. But if you don't know who you are, the devil will try to tell you who you are. And you're confused. Because you have an identity crisis, man. You don't know who you are. Because you're looking to the world and you've been hanging around these ladies too much, bro. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> you've been hanging around these ladies, man. And now you're trying to act like them. You better get some testosterone around you, bro. Can I have an amen? You got to get some men around you looking in the eye and say, bro, this is who you are in the name of Jesus. Yes. But that's what's happening. But it's, we, we, we laugh at that. But but then we got, we got guys that, that, that are looking at pornos. That's not who you are. That's not who you are. That's not who God called you to be. We got guys that won't get a job. That's not who you are. That's not who God called you to be we got guys that are afraid to testify about Christ and, and to praise him. You forget who you are, man. we got guys that won't stand up and say, hey, man, I'm not doing that on the job because that's not unrighteousness, man, and we need to stop talking about that, and it's not going down like that with me. I'm a Christian. That's what we need. Guys, guys are afraid to stand up and, and say, man, I know who I am. I'm not confused. You could fire me. You could, but I'm, I'm I love Jesus. Let me share a story with you guys, and I and I, and I'm going to say this in closing. You know, uh, you know, for a lot of men, I, I'm going to I'm going to share this with you. You Know, I didn't I didn't grow up in a Christian home, guys. I grew up a uh, single parent, my mom when i was when i was uh one years old uh my father he took off and he left my mom and uh I was raised by my mom uh in a in a in a really tough situation lot like guys some of you guys know Kenya knows my testimony you know i grew up i grew up rough you know you go to my neighborhood and Ernesto, Kenyon, some of these guys have been to where I grew up. Nate, some of the areas I grew up was tough. You know, that's why Oakland and stuff like that, I don't trip. I'd be driving down the street. I'm tripping. I, I grew up around this stuff. I'm not. You know, there was, when my dad left, I was always, You know, I was just raised by my mom, and I had people that God brought into my life to kind of help me in the the transition with me. But I always wondered, you know, man, what's my dad doing? You know, and we was broke. My mom, I mean, there were times I had to use socks for a washcloth because we didn't have, we didn't have nothing. And I tell people this, I was a California State Player of the Year. I was just telling Carl this, I was a California State Player of the Year, rushed for over 5,000 yards in high school. Scouts, recruiters from all over the country. And uh, state champion in the hundred and the two hundred. My senior year in high school, I didn't have a place to live. I had to live with my high school coach because we didn't have a house. We had got evicted so many times. We got evicted. I got a a pink notice on the door. What? What? We gotta move. Like, where are we going now? Where we gonna? I can remember. And I'm saying this to you guys. I can remember when I, when, I, when I came to Christ, I can remember looking back on my life and saying, and you're saying, something else. Because even before I knew you, you was moving in my life. Because I was called. Because you called. You was moving in my life before I ever knew. And you know, One of the greatest revelations that God ever gave me, and me and Elder Cleve talk about this a lot, the greatest revelation God ever gave me, and and it happened early, is that he was my father. That's why I've learned you, and Minister Adam has been around, I don't trip about a lot of stuff because he got me. But you realize that for all you men in here, God didn't just come into your life. Even when you was running from him, he's there. And, and and you learn that it's not that you you came through your parents, but you came from God. Hear what I'm saying? And that when you can trace when you can trace your lineage back and say, wait a minute, God, you you even when I didn't know you, you were You are still navigating in my life. And you stop. And when you, when you, when you and I get that revelation, guys, that I'm a chosen, I'm holy nation, peculiar person. I've been designed to praise him and to give the glory to him. Then what happens? It settles your spirit. And then there's no infighting. Hear me, man. There's no infighting. I found what I've been looking for, I found my identity. It's in him. And being broke, raised all this stuff, going through all these pains, it wasn't God's perfect will for my life, but God was, he's watching. I mean, he's watching. Okay, we got him. You backed him in a corner. Angel, back him in a corner. Angel, arrest him. Angel, call him to shut that door. Angel, yeah. We got him fired so he could get right down where we want him. And he'll realize that it's not by might nor by power, but it's by my spirit that he needs to find me. Have him walk out the door. Have him walk in the door. Have him, and you see that God is behind the scenes navigating your life. And you and, and when you get this revelation, all you can do is say, God, I praise you that it was you who kept me. You who prepared me, you who got me to this place. It was you who did what nobody else could do. It was you. And you forgive your parents and you forgive everybody else. And you're not tripping off none of that. And you let that all go. And you say, if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, where would I be? Man, I want to challenge you today. Do you know who you are? Your parents, they're going to come and go. But do you know who you are? Things are going to change, but do you know who you are? Do you know that you're chosen by God and you're here for such a time as this? Father, we come before you tonight. This is beautiful. Lord, we're not perfect. (laughs) We're not your best. We don't always do everything right. But, Lord, we belong to you. Lord, some of us have been around church. We're in church. We're out of church. We're we're trying to figure out. And, Father, I just pray tonight that you would just help us, help us to find this place of revelation where we truly believe, accept, and embrace the fact that you are our Father.